Welcome back. We're on episode 69 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes. The movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And with us once again today, our special guest is author Sean Carlin. Hey, thanks, Heidi and Sean, for having me back. Welcome thanks back. Thanks for, for coming. coming. Back. Yeah. All right. We are back for, for minute 69. And I'm, well, I'm going to jump in. Before we do the recap, there's a little bit of unfinished business from minute 68. I wanted to make sure I, I got to. Okay. Uh, some of you may be wondering about some of those 37 people that have been in Spinal Tap <laughs> over the years that David has mentioned. So we've... We've talked about particularly the drummers that have been in the band in the past, but I want to uh, just explain some of those names that, that we might not be familiar with. Uh, so first, David mentions Ross McLochness, and he was a keyboard player. So actually, there were a couple keyboard players with Spinal Tap before Viv Savage came along. One of those is, is Ross. Uh, the other one, uh, another one, is Denny Upman another keyboard player. Uh, Ronnie Pudding was the band's original bass player. Right. So before Derek joined, I think it was 75 that Derek joined. And before that, it was Ronnie Pudding. And Ronnie was in the Give Me Some Money, right? Right. Yeah, yep. Uh, oh, yeah. when they were, the, remember when they were still the Thamesmen. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, from that Give Me Some Money clip. That was Ronnie Pudding. There you go. <laughs> And then uh, that last name, Little Danny Schindler. <laughs> uh, yeah, Little Danny Schindler was actually a harmonica player. And that goes back to their their days as the Thamesmen. I don't believe Danny Schindler was ever in Spinal Tap. Mm. So it goes back to when, uh, when Nigel and David were together before their pre-Spinal Tap days. Gotcha. But and when then, David's talking, he's kind of lumping it all in, like, whether they're called Spinal Tap or not. Yeah. Kind of and, and the same linear project. Right, so. right. So they were kind yeah. of, this, this, the, the core remained the same of David and Nigel, uh, though they played under a couple different names. And he seems to be counting all of those in, in that 37. And I, w- I won't run down all 37 of them. Thank you. but there are a a couple interesting things that uh in doing research uh for that minute that i found i didn't realize previously that the thamesman had some backup singers so in addition to the musicians there were uh, a couple ladies doing backup vocals and one of them was lasa apso (laughs) (laughs) pokey's ears perked up because she's a she's a Tibetan Spaniel, so she's okay. a cousin to the Lhasa Apso. cousin so. of the Lhasa Apso. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Lhasa, another little piece of trivia here for uh, for the listeners, Lhasa was the inspiration for Big Bottom. Oh. oh I didn't know about that. Lhasa. In addition to uh, a wonderful singer, I'm sure, uh, yeah. and it's a little bit of a muse for the band. And then the <laughs> second backup vocals were provided by Julie Scrubs Martin. 
<laughs> the, these guys with the hyphenated names, they wound up they yeah. wound up doing that a lot in the the later Christopher Guest movies. Like everybody would have an unnecessarily hyphenated name. Yeah. It was just so fun. It was I it's, think the, the goal was like how pretentious can we make this? Right. How ridiculous. Yeah. Hyphenated name equals comedy. I think they struck upon a formula there. But it does because every time they come up with a new one, it makes me laugh. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So anyway, so I just wanted to uh to to you just close up a little business from uh from 68. So there you go. Now well, we know I, who uh, they are. I think what that proves is that you know, look, as absurd as all of that is, the the backstories and the names of these characters, you know, it just goes to prove that the the fictional history of this band was so richly kind of conceived and developed over the years that you can look up this information and it exists. So it, it just help, it helps yeah. support the illusion. You know, we were talking yeah. in the last uh, podcast about how, you know, the illusion worked because the audience was complicit in it. And again, mm. this rich, albeit completely phony history of the band is, is so intricately detailed. It, it just helps support the illusion and helps make it easier for the audience to participate in the comedy. Because again, there's an answer to any arcane question about this band you want to know about. <laughs> right. Right. And, and it, it's, it goes a long way. We've mentioned many times, Heidi and I through these minutes uh, about how believable this is as, as a documentary mm-hmm. and, and all that's important. All the, all the details in, mm-hmm. in the characters and the backstory just to create this world and these people and this band and the you know, just the accuracy, the realism. And it starts with, for me, it starts with the music, that these are all, mm-hmm. they're, they're all musicians, they're playing their instruments. When you buy their albums, it's the guys playing and they wrote these songs and they right. go on tour and, and, and play for real. And, and that just carries through with everything else down to, down to the histories. Yeah, and and even the the you know they did a brilliant thing on on all of the albums, the, the official albums they've released. I'm talking about. There's such a great sort of swath of different musical styles, you know, from the the kind of flower power stuff of you know flower people and rainy day sun, mm-hmm. and then the kind of prog rock concept album stuff like Sun Never Sweats and Stonehenge to the later <laughs> kind of like 80s hard glam metal stuff like Hellhole. And I, again, I mean, part of the the fact that the music all has the same signature to it, but it, it much like listening to music by, say, The Who, you can hear the different you know, the different stages as musicians that they went through and that, you know, the, you can hear an evolution in their music, which, again, is all the more impressive since it was all written and recorded at the same time. But even like uh, David's vocals kind of change, you know, as the years go on, which happens to all great you know, singers. It happened to Roger Daltrey. You mm-hmm. know, you can hear sure, the sure. difference between his earlier recordings and his later recordings. And again, just the fact that the music itself seems to kind of exist in different eras and has a very traceable evolution to it helps support the illusion that there was history to this band when the when the movie premiered in 1984. Totally. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into this minute, guys. <laughs> all right. So yeah, now I'm all I'm all pumped. I'm excited. I know. Let's go. Me too. <laughs> all right. So we are we are here not to talk about the past, but to talk about minute sixty nine. Mm. 
And minute 69 starts with Marty in disbelief of David's attitude following Nigel's departure. We end with Janine applying makeup to David before a show. And in between, we find uh, David Shantby working with Nigel again. <laughs> and the band arrives at their next gig, which is at Themeland Amusement Park in Stockton, California. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if that's a real place or not. I think they filmed it here in Magic Mountain, which was the same place where they filmed Wally World in right. location. Right. But I don't. I don't know if Themeland Amusement Park's a real place or not. I don't know. Yeah, I actually, I was, <laughs> so what I kind of latched onto in this was being from California myself here mm-hmm. is like, they were last in Seattle, right? That was, mm-hmm. and now they've decided to go to Stockton. <laughs> and that's kind of a weird trip back to LA if you decide to go I guess they probably flew into Sacramento International Airport and then drove another hour or so to Stockton you know if we're playing along with the illusion mm-hmm. and then one thing that we talk about the authenticity of this all the time and how they get a lot of facts right is that actually Dave Brubeck was from Stockton. So when we get into the the future minutes and we get into this jazz exploration that they decide to embark on, <laughs> I thought, oh, well, maybe there would be some people in Stockton that might be up for this new direction of the band. But also, so yeah, the Stockton, the visitstockton.org has some other famous people from Stockton, inclu- including musically, we've got Grant Lee Phillips, Mm. pavement and let's see chris isaac of course kind of he's one of those kind of well-known being from stockton at least in sacramento we always knew he was from stockton (laughs) maybe that's not as well known to everybody else but yeah the other thing that i thought was was um when you look at stockton california on wikipedia was just that there's a lot of other places you could go that are much larger than whatever this theme land is supposed to be. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they've got they've got, you know, fifteen hundred seat places and larger and smaller and medium and they even had like a Bob Hope theater and, you know, all sorts of places. So I'm curious, you know, was this another thing where maybe they had a bigger venue booked before and Janine, you know, and something happened or it got canceled or something? Or were they not even supposed to go to Stockton in the first place, but Janine found this funky little gig with the the puppet show? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think, this, yeah, go ahead, Sean. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I think everything about this scene kind of points to the fact that Janine, as the manager of the band or as the acting manager, is in over her head. I mean, as you said, the fact that they've kind of detoured to Stockton from Seattle, which makes no sense. They're playing this like weird little out of the way venue. And even obviously the big gag of this scene, which is, you know, the puppet show and Spinal Tap, it just sort of proves that like, Janine has a quality which is so pandemic, certainly out here in Hollywood, which we call confidence without competence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she, she basically looked at what Ian was doing and felt like, well, a trained monkey could do that. Like, how hard could this be? And now she's really discovering it's not 
as easy as it looked. I mean, there have been now a series of, of really devastating screw-ups, which have culminated in the, the de facto breaking up of this band with mm-hmm. Nigel storming off in the previous scene. So mm-hmm. you really see that she is not doing a great job. And I think, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about with respect to David's state of mind in the previous podcast, he he is so resigned I, you know, I don't even think he cares about any of this, really. It's just he's 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 emotionally kind of coping with the breakup of this friendship and and the disappointment of this tour. And and he's he's almost numb to it all at this point. Yeah, yeah. he puts out a lot of really great lines too. like <laughs> that's, you know, that's refreshing. And right. really the sarcasm is just dripping <laughs> off. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I think, yeah, this is uh we, yeah, we see Janine as certainly someone who can get stuff done. But then the lingering question is, was that a thing that was worth doing? Mm-hmm. And this seems – this is not far off from the the Air Force base in terms of the appropriateness for this act, mm-hmm. for them to be playing – you know, playing – and well, let's go back to the, the name. I don't think this place exists because it's possibly the most generic name possible. Right. It's yeah. Just, Theme land. Yeah, it doesn't even have a theme. The theme it doesn't is have a theme. theme land. It's just theme land amusement park. But for them to be playing, and and I've actually I've seen concerts in amusement parks, mm, so sure, it happens. Sure. But not you know not heavy metal, and not during the day. Right. Like, there are things that just you know seem like nighttime things, and a rock concert is one of them. That for them to be going in, it's in an amusement park in the middle of the day, and they're not going to get. It's not going to be a great audience. People are going to be, you know, these are mostly. It's probably adults that are just taking a break, or like the older teens, while the kids are on, you know, Mister, you know, uh, Mister Toad's teacup ride or something like that. They're just (laughs) taking a break between roller coasters, and Uh, and it's not going to be a good show. No, I love the cutaway to the guy who's just giving them the thumbs down. <laughs> and, and unenthusiastically at that. <laughs> yeah, this is this I mean, we've got a bigger dressing room than the puppets. That's definitely one of my favorite lines from this. You know? And I want well, like, cuz she's trying to put a positive spin yeah. on it and yeah. he's just not having it. Well, she's she's doing the Ian. She's doing this. Right. She's just falling into what she saw Ian do to try to just spin everything. Right. And like so, this line that she has. If you know, I told them once. I told them a hundred times. Put Spinal <laughs> Tap first and Puppet Show last. <laughs> right. Like you're, and that now you're imagining those phone calls. Yeah, you're do like, you was really that, that conversation? Did she really say that? Like, did that come up? Like when she was talking, hey, the band's coming in, we're going to play, what time, you know, where's our dressing room and everything. Right. And that the man, oh, by the way, we also have a puppet show. Do you want to be above or below on the sign? Like, right. I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to imagine that conversation that she's she's putting forth. I told them a hundred times, put Spinal Tap first. But I never thought about it like that. That's a great point you raised, which is that she, she is, as much disdain as she had for Ian, she's sort of discovering the frustrations that he dealt with. And she's falling back on some of the same tricks and techniques he used to placate the band and to manage their expectations, right. which is basically either to lie or at least to kind of spin things yeah. um, and, and always to sort of deflect blame. 
You know, yeah. that, that, and, right. and anyone who's ever had a manager knows that's like their prime directive. Blame <laughs> <laughs> from themselves. Yeah. And also, I mean, when you look at this sign, the theater entrance sign with these snap on letters, oh, those old you, like movie theater style. Yeah. Letters. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I can imagine that you, you know, if I was Janine, I'd probably say, well, you know what? Let me just. Here, let me jump up on your shoulders and I'll, you know, flip <laughs> these around, you know, it's probably not very high up. So probably yeah, grab a ladder or yeah, hop on somebody's shoulder and yeah, do some rearranging. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I, I caught a little glimpse of, um, and again, this is one of those like looking at these minute by minute is how... And I look forward to seeing this on stage, but it looks like when they're back backstage in their their dressing room, their big dressing room, is that Viv has like a weird space vest and something on his around his wrist, and like it's like silver reflective, it almost like looks homemade. Do you guys did you guys notice that at all? <laughs> I didn't notice that one offhand, but I mean, again, that's the beauty yeah. of this movie, which is that you can watch it a thousand times and always find little background details that you missed the first 900 times you watched it. Yeah, because this is different, yeah. but it's like, it's one of his regular Breton stripe red and white t-shirts he's wearing like a, a where's waldo shirt which is yeah. what i noticed but yeah, yeah now i'm seeing like the silvery the vest and the uh it's like a bracer it's like a yeah you know it like a bracelet but it covers from wrist almost to elbow yeah kind of a little like wonder woman right <laughs> there yeah shiny. he's repping wonder woman it made me wish that there was a um spinal tap uh this is spinal tap paper dolls like, that would be really fun to dress oh yeah them up. absolutely <laughs> they have such distinctive costumes like you were mentioning um sean c you know like such distinctive costumes that'd be really fun i could see them all choosing what when you make the dolls usually you're deciding like what kind of underwear they're gonna be wearing <laughs> and, then, and then you get to like put their different outfits on that would be a fun project well they kind of do and the uh on the interior artwork of the back from the dead album they kind of have like posable spinal tap action figures that they've dressed up and i just wish those were available for retail because yeah we yeah. could do exactly what you're talking about totally well and particularly for janine is just the wonderful outfits that she's got going. Yeah, on. and they could have like a tambourine that you could punch <laughs> out, and she could be <laughs> doing her little tambourine business, which is coming up. I guess I, I guess I'm, you know, we were talking about staying out of the past and getting into the present, but I guess I'm getting a little bit into the to the future. So try not <laughs> try to stay grounded, yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, so what else do you all have to talk about with this? particular minute or anything spinal tap related since sean carlin this is uh the last episode we have with with you today well you know there's a, it's funny because there's a, we were talking about all those kind of background details and there's that that throwaway background line which you could watch this movie a hundred times and never hear it about viv mentioning the the mendocino rocket right, fuel right. which is like a <laughs> depressing cocktail and it just occurred to me as i was thinking about the in in preparation for this 
podcast, I was thinking about how everything sounds cooler. Like any noun sounds cooler if you put a place name in front of it. Like if, <laughs> if, you, if you call something like an Arkansas toothpick or a Michigan bankroll, <laughs> it makes no sense. But for whatever reason, it sounds so cool. And like Mendocino rocket fuel just sounds like the coolest thing ever. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'd kind of forgotten that I had looked up California rocket fuel and that you're I, right. That's I've an anti Depressant cocktail. Yeah, like, literally. I, 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 it's crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know it had quite such a long history that it goes back quite that long. But yeah, I've also heard it referred to as California uh, rocket fuel too. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if it's still in use. Who knows? And that's another great huh. David Caffinetti. He really improved it up, and he said, you know, that 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 he was complimented by um, Marty. AKA yeah, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner on, you know, him saying, you know, I've got two hands and his, <laughs> his you know, rocket fuel line. and all that yeah. stuff. I've got two hands as if that's all, you know, being a musician requires. <laughs> uh, well, and, and particularly that Mendocino rocket fuel line is kind of important because even though it's a total throwaway, and like I said, you could watch the movie a thousand times and never quite catch it, it is a good transition because otherwise it's like how do you get into that scene in a way that's graceful? Because really, the the scene doesn't really start until sort of David speaks up and, you know, wants to know if Viv can play this, that, or the other thing. But, right. you know, having that little sort of segue out of the the parking lot of the amusement park where they're all complaining about the, the puppet show sign, but into the, the capacious dressing room. Uh, it's just, it's nothing. It's just a throwaway little segue, but it, it, again, it helps the verisimilitude of the movie. It helps sell the notion that this is a documentary because it, it's a line that's sort of so out of place and so connected <laughs> to nothing else. But again, yeah. that's what makes it feel real. It doesn't feel scripted. It feels like this little conversation that's happening on the side and you just caught the briefest glimpse of it before the 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 scene sort of switched focus to something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh, man. A couple of another couple of good minutes to just soak up in and... <laughs> Um, yeah, anything else, guys, before we wrap up episode 69? No, I mean, the only my only great Spinal Tap story was I got to see them play Carnegie Hall in like oh, 2001, cool. which was great. Yeah, they awesome. they did a show and Elvis Costello came out and sang Give Me Some Money and Paul, <laughs> Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer, as Paul Schaefer, not as Artie Fufkin, came out and played <laughs> keyboards on Big Bottom. Awesome. Uh, and then yeah. the opening act, of course, was the Folksman. And that, that's only a big deal because this was 2001. So this was like two years before Mighty Wind came out. Not that the Folksman hadn't been around. I know they had played those characters on SNL and elsewhere, but the Folksman only kind of really rose to prominence after the after Mighty Wind. So that right. that was that was just a great, great. I, and in fact, I went with my best friend, the guy who introduced me to Spinal Tap. We went oh, to see cool. them play. Carnegie Hall. And I just thought like, wow, I mean, to be able to say we saw not only Spinal Tap live in concert, but but of all venues, Carnegie Hall it was just one of the great shows. Um, and I remember they I remember specifically they played Short and Sweet, which is a song I had never heard before because it wasn't put on an album until they did the Back from the Dead album in 2009. Mm. And I remember when he introduced it, David, he goes, well, we're, this is the 
seven minute version of short and sweet cut down from the 20 minute album version. <laughs> and my friend and I were laughing so hard and, and I actually just loved the song. And I remember thinking, this is great. I hope it gets some kind of release at some point. And I was so pleased when they wound up including it on Back from the Dead. Cool. I definitely admit that I love, absolutely love the movie, and I definitely have the album that was released at the movie, mm-hmm. but but it's great to hear more of these details from fans who've, you know, gone on to listen to and buy the, the other records and go see them live and all that stuff. It sounds so fun. You know, it's funny. There aren't a lot of, um, a lot of interests really, that we cultivate in our lives that we, you know, we carry with us forever. I mean, certainly the things that we found interesting, you know, and we liked in junior high school, which is when I first discovered, you know, Spinal Tap. I mean, to give you an example, my favorite show when I was in junior high school was an old Richard Grieco series called Booker. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't still watch the DVDs of that now. I mean, you, you kind of grow right. out of your interest. You're interested in things for a while and then you grow out of them. But Spinal Tap is really one of the few things that I've never, my interest in it has never waned. And, and certainly that is helped by the fact that they've continued throughout the years to make appearances as the band and, and most importantly, to put out material. Um, cause that's, I think, what helps stoke interest. You know, you might, I might forget about Spinal Tap for three or four years and then they put out a new album and, and I buy the album and then I'm like, I got to listen to the old albums again and, and pull right. out the DVD again. And I'm reminded of all the things I loved about it. And as I get older, I just have a new appreciation for it. And like we were saying in the previous podcast, you know, nowadays in the era of reality TV, the notion of, you know, fiction and reality being blurred isn't such a mind-blowing innovation. But but at the time, it really was quite special. And it was a style of comedy that I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate how much it influenced Everything we watch now from reality shows to the way sitcoms are shot in that mockumentary format. Right. It, it really was it was pioneering. And, and I, I just think as as time goes on, um, you know, pop cultural historians are going to continue to look back at the movie and and really only further appreciate um, what an influence it had on the culture. And, and I'm glad to say still has because those guys are still around and still performing. Um, and, and in a weird way, they've become as much a part of the tapestry of, of American rock and roll as many real bands who have not lasted <laughs> nearly as long as they have. Definitely. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, we got now, I mean, you know, this podcast will live on forever and be, you know, evergreen, but it's not evergreen when we, you know, talk about things that are specific to right at this moment. But like, as of this moment, somebody on Twitter posted and tagged us about Harry Shearer recording a solo album as I, Derek Smalls. I just heard that. Could, could that be It's a Smalls World? The, yes. The album <laughs> this is Smalls the- Change. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> but it's a Smalls world. Yeah, well, I know Harry Shearer right now is embroiled in a lawsuit against whoever right. owns the copyright on Spinal Tap. So I'm, I wonder if he's sort of doing that. To, the, 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 
the the movement is called Fairness Rocks, I think. Uh, I think hashtag Fairness Rocks. So he might be putting out a, a Derek Smalls album as a way to kind of like either raise awareness or raise capital for the lawsuit. But, yeah. But again, I mean, that just goes to my point. Like if he were to release <clears throat> It's a Smalls World, you know, in 2017 or 2018, and this is an album that first got mentioned in a movie that came out in 1984. And it just goes to what I was saying in the previous podcast, which is, has there ever been a, a joke, you know, a, a kind of metafictional satire that is as long running as this experiment known as Spinal Tap has been? It's just amazing. So I'll be the first one to buy that album. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally curious about it. And so I'll, I'll just read a teeny bit of this. So so it's somebody linked to it from ultimateclassicrock.com, but it's from a GQ article, I guess. Yeah, I says, think Chad Smith was in the studio. Is that right? Let me see. Actor and comedian Harry Shearer is slip, slipping back into his character of Spinal Tap bassist Harry Small, or oh Harry Smalls. Oh, they messed up. Oh, they messed up. Um, <laughs> it happens to the best of us. News of the LP, tentatively titled "Smalls Change," is tucked oh. into the end of a lengthy and fascinating profile piece recently published by GQ, which largely focuses on the legal battle. Right. Yada yada yada. Um, Guests who've already recorded contributions include Donald Fagan from Steely Dan, uh, Steely Dan, that's how I almost said Steely Dan, um, who sings the bridge on a little ditty about erectile dysfunction called <laughs> Memo to Willie. Memo to Willie. <laughs> and then it says Steve Vai and Peter Frampton um, oh, wow. are also on there. Uh, yeah, I think so, Steve yeah. Vai performed on Break Like the Wind, too, I think. Okay. So so yeah. Anyway, so so just to your point, it's still it's still going. It's still Amazing. a story to be told. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're as real. I mean Derek Smalls is as real a person with respect to our culture as Harry Shearer is. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, their names are interchangeable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's one thing we noticed just uh, doing this is that we're constantly going between everybody's real names and their character names because mm -hmm. you just you know you just get to that point where it's all kind of blending together. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, that was a good good story, and I'm so glad that you joined us. Anything else, Sean's from the Sean's before we wrap up this episode? Not, uh, no, not for me. I just had a great time chatting Spinal Tap with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I think I, I think we've covered minute 69. So, uh, Sean, thank you for, for joining us for that. Oh, thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to call myself Heidi Sean Bennett just yeah. for right now. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Spinal Tap Minute. You can find us at SpinalTapMinute.com. Um, you can also find us at Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. And 
I noticed that when I was re-listening to some old episodes that, you know, I'll say stuff like subscribe or maybe write us a five-star review if you feel so moved. But one of the things I noticed was I'm always talking about how that benefits us. But subscribing, to me, what I like to do is just subscribe so I don't have to think about it anymore. So you don't have to keep going to SpinalTapMinute.com if you just subscribe because then it'll just come come to your podcatcher and I also wanted to mention that I use Downcast. That's my favorite way of listening to podcasts. And notice we never really talk about that. But the iTunes thing that comes with your iPhone, is you know, it works, but it's not my favorite. But Downcast is is uh, my favorite way to listen to podcasts. So I just thought I'd, I'd send that along to anybody if they're looking to a new one. You can, it's pretty customizable. And, and yeah, I just subscribe to everything and then it comes right in my phone and I listen, listen, listen. And yeah, so that's, that's about it. Me, that's uh, my, my podcast download moment from Heidi Bennett. <laughs> Great. And so Sean, if if folks want to hear more about your your thoughts on Spinal Tap and other things, you know, where yeah. can they find you? Uh, you can uh, follow my blog, seanpcarlin.com, and you can find me uh, on Twitter at seanpcarlin. All right. Great. Yeah, and I've I've really enjoyed following you from Final Tap Minute um, on Twitter, but also from Heidi M. Bennett on Twitter and retweeting a couple of things because, as all of our listeners know, I coach multi-creative folks, so I always like to retweet, you know, interesting um, thoughts or ideas around process, uh, especially you know with the creative arts, so writing and stuff like that. So you you post some interesting, cool content and highlight other writers and things. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, there's a lot of great creative people out there. I was kind of late to the social media scene. I'm a little bit of a Luddite, but I, I really have discovered that there are just, just great, interesting, creative people out there. And it's uh, it's nice to have a forum to connect with them like yourselves. Yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoy Twitter for that and have met some great people such as yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. It's Sean, for our listeners, Sean writes about, well, a lot of things, but uh, a lot about pop culture and, and movies and, and other things in addition to Spinal Tap. So uh, real interesting stuff and a real interesting point of view. So I would recommend, uh, you know, our, our listeners check that out. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate that. And I'll also uh, remind folks that if you want to meet Heidi or myself in person, we've got some appearances coming up, some movies by minute related activities that are going on. Uh, first, in just a couple of days from when this episode will drop, on Saturday, June 24th, I will be at the Massive Comic Con in Worcester, Massachusetts, where uh, Rick from Mad Max Minute and myself will be running a little panel on Movies by Minutes podcasting. So we'll talk about uh, how you get started, how you do this, how does it happen. So if you're interested in maybe jumping on uh, jumping on this movement yourself and starting your own podcast, or if you just want to meet a, a couple of the people that are that are on the other side of the microphone, come on out and and see us then. That'll be I think we're one of the first panels that are going ten or ten thirty. Saturday morning. So uh, get er get there early to check us out. And again, that's the uh, June 24th. And then my wonderful co-host Heidi Bennett will be in Chicago, Illinois, 
on August 26th for a thing that they are calling Movies by Minutes Chicago. And that's a whole big thing with Heidi and folks from Star Wars Minute and Indiana Jones Minute and and so many others. Uh, listeners and podcasters will be there. And there's more information on the web. We'll, we'll link to it from the website and other places. But that's going to be uh, moviesbyminutes.com slash Chicago. We'll take you to where there's some more information and where you can get tickets for that. Um, and, and anything you want to add on that, Heidi? No, I just I'm really excited to go, and I think I teased this maybe on another episode. But the the ghost of of Robert Stumpy Tuft will also be there with me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're missing him from our teaser episode way back from 2016, um, we'll see if he can you know his ghostly apparition may appear. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to meet some of the other podcasters that are part of this community and meet anybody that's been uh, you know an avid, rabid fan of all these awesome Movies by Minutes podcasts. And um, and we're really, you know, it's really exploded. Like, <laughs> this, <laughs> it's crazy. But if you um, if you go to moviesbyminutes.com slash Chicago, you can get the tickets. But if you just go to Movies by Minutes, you can also see what has taken off. And I've been really enjoying Toy Story Minute. That is hysterical. The guys are really funny and and uh, they really kind of go dark, you know, mm-hmm. with some of the material that gets a little dark with with uh, Toy Story and uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross minute is really good, too. <laughs> so um, and every time we get into our Facebook group, the Movies by Minutes listeners and uh what is it called? Do you remember, Sean? Makers, it's a lot kind of makers, and, makers listeners. and listeners, which yeah. you're welcome to check out too if you like. There's people almost every day saying, I've got dibs on this movie. So it's really it's really amazing and it's been a lot of fun to just make new friends and, and I'll be on a few podcasts coming up too, so I'll make sure to let let y'all know when I'm on some of the other podcasts that are that are out there. So that's it for me. All right. Well, so go out and check out all those things and then come on back tomorrow where we'll we'll do the next minute. But until next time, and so say all of us, tap, tap into, into America. America.